Welcome to the Wayward Women podcast. We are two best friends who survived the same abusive partner 15 years apart. Our experience motivated us to share our stories and invite others to share their stories of survival, as well as provide information about abusive relationships. For more information about us and our services, visit waywardwomencoaching.com. As always, you are not crazy and you are not alone. It's Laura and Michelle with the Wayward Women podcast. We're very excited to be here today. It's been a little bit of time since we recorded our last episode, um, and we have an awesome guest today named Tracy. And Michelle, I'm going to let you say hello and introduce Tracy. Hello, hello everyone. It's Michelle. In case you didn't figure that out by the introduction, that was just done by Laura. <laughs> We're super happy to be here because it's been a while, and I've been wanting to interview this amazing human for a while. Um, I know Tracy because she was getting services or support through uh, the place that I work here in the city I live in and was very active in support groups, also supporting other people going through it, super smart um, and just such an amazing mother and worked so hard on her healing and was always like son first, putting her son first all the time. Like, what can I do? What more? What can I do differently? How can I be better? It's like, you are amazing. Anyways. <laughs> so today we have, again, Tracy. Welcome, Tracy. Thank you for being on Wayward Women. I appreciate it. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. So I, I know that we sent you an email kind of giving you an outline. We're pretty fluid on here. So again, you know. I already warned uh, her that we interrupt each other a lot too. A lot. <laughs> just the nature of our dive or our jam or our vibe or whatever. We're just always like crossing over each other. Yeah. So, but, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, just um, want to know first of all, I know that you are currently in a new relationship and that's going well, and this person's very supportive. Um, and you've been out of the abusive relationship for a while now. Um, so just kind of wanted to get, uh, to where, like, when we're talking about your abusive partner, how did you meet? We'll start there. Well, oddly enough, we, we met online before it was cool to meet online. Um, it, it was, it was back in, in 2000 and it was in an AOL chat room. And, um, but the way we met in person was a little weird. And I remember telling, like introducing him as my stalker, uh, because he had messaged me outside of the AOL chat room. And I had said, yeah, I work at a circle K graveyard, um, next to the big old, uh, park. Uh, you know, and I don't even think I named an intersection, but it was just, you know, the big old park. And I think it was a couple days later, um, uh, two guys came in to buy a pack of cigarettes and uh, he had to give his ID. And I kept kind of making eye contact with him. He was with the gal at the other register and uh, she denied him cigarettes because his ID was invalid. And I thought that was really funny. And I decided to take a smoke break myself, went outside. He came up, introduced himself by his AOL chat name. And oh, I was like, that's so sweet. Oh, I was like, holy cannoli. Oops, I just all, you found my circle. You can swear on here. Just be you. You just be you. We are free to be however you want. <laughs> I appreciate it because I can drop the F bomb like without realizing it. So we can I'm too. So trust us. <laughs> uh, but you know, he he found my circle K, and you know, at the time, I thought it was just the sweetest thing in the whole wide world. That is actually really sweet that he like went to all the circle Ks <laughs> at different shifts. By what Michelle, your face is saying it's not sweet. Do you think that's not sweet, dude? She didn't even tell him like where it was or the cross streets she just mentioned that she went to sort of <laughs> okay so yeah. maybe i maybe i'm weird but i'm with tracy i would have no, at the time thought that was sweet 
Because <laughs> you know how many circle you know how many circle K's there are in our city. There's like a shitload of circle K's. I just am really dying over the face that you just made. The face you just made was like eh, axe that comment. <laughs> like I, I honestly I don't remember exactly what I like like you know clues I had given him to the circle K that I was, but you know at the time you know i'll be honest when he he was with his best friend and uh, his best friend was actually the most hilarious guy in the whole wide world and so he kind of broke the ice in that whole like i you know he i'm from tucson i told him you know what park it would be and where it would be you know sort of thing like that like the big park and mm -hmm. and so there was just you know a bunch of that going on um like super super weird now when I think about it yeah <laughs> like I really think like that's the weirdest thing in the whole wide world that would pop up as a big red flag okay well I'm I'm weird too because I was like oh that's sweet <laughs> okay you're right it's it's creepy anyone listening that is creepy don't do that don't be a stalker it's not to like be right or anything it's just that I think first of all I want to like get to know the person a little better and like I want to, I don't want just someone showing up at my work. Like yeah. I used to work at Circle K, I want to look decent or something. Like, I don't know. That's not the place that's going to be out. Right, I smell like hot dogs. Right. Like <laughs> well, what happened? So so you guys obviously connected at Circle K, and then what happened? This is what we do. So I, he actually, at my shift was over at 10. Uh, I had actually was working the swing shift that night. And he and I decided to just kind of hang out and get to know each other. Um, that getting to know each other wound up in his best friend deciding that he wanted to up and leave the state. And he was like, I don't know what to do. So I said, let's move in together. And that was literally like two and a half weeks after his stalking moment. Okay. So okay. that could have been a big red flag of my own. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it was my suggestion. Um, but we wound up moving in together, getting a, a, a two-bedroom apartment with the intention of being roommates that never happened. Um, we wound up, you know, evolving into our relationship from there. And it was getting to know each other while being that whole, you know, very first cohabitation process. And, and so it was not the prettiest yeah wait how old can i can i ask how you said this was 2000 so so this is like over 20 years ago so was this like yeah. what, was this like a first love situation for you or um it was first love out of high school i had that whole high school love mm -hmm. and then like it was literally the year after i graduated high school and he had graduated and moved down here and we just I don't know. Like, I don't think we knew any better. We didn't right. date. So <laughs> there was no dating. It was just so moving it. Yeah. So that's actually really interesting because I feel like a lot of people, like a lot of us do that when we're younger, right? Like we're like, oh my gosh, like, oh my gosh, like we don't really know what love is. We're just like, we feel that excitement, that connection and the, like, we're just driven by our emotions. And like, so we jump in. And so it sounds like you guys kind of had a rough road. And then like, what, what could, like, how did that continue to manifest? Well, when it got nasty, well, I guess when I realized that things like weren't the best is, is we would fight over like the silly little things, um, you know, like the, who's going to cook dinner tonight or who's going to clean this up or, or, you know, stuff like that. And it was just constant. Um, and then one night we got, or one afternoon, we got into this big stupid fight and I can't even remember what it was about, but he was like, you know what, I'm just going to take the car and I'm going to go and get an oil change. And I was like, okay, great. We need to separate. That's awesome. Um, I didn't hear from him until the next day. Um, throughout the night, I had called hospitals. I call. I was uh, calling the sheriff's department to see, mm. you know, if, if he had gotten booked or anything. Um, you know, my my dad had come over to drive me around town to see if I could find his car anywhere. Um, he came back late the next day and said he went out of town to go and hang out with his friends and didn't bother to call me and tell me or anything. And of course, he didn't even get the oil change on the car. And I, I don't know, I forgave it right away, 
without any issue. And then that turned into the MO of what would happen when we would picker and bark. And I was oftentimes left without my car because we shared a vehicle. Mm -hmm. Um, He had really messed up his, you know, checking and stuff. So he would take like my debit card. So I would have no money, no car. And he would just up and leave for, you know, it started out with one or two days. Then it would increase Mm. to, you know, three days. And sometimes he would be gone for two weeks at a time. Did you ever find out where he was? Um, Sometimes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I would find out where he was. Um, Sometimes he would be held up at a hotel in town. And I would only find out by, you know, if he ran the debit card, you know, or something like that. I was like, oh, my gosh, there it is. And, And I didn't ever want to cancel it because I was afraid of what would happen. Um, because I, I didn't know if it meant that if I canceled the card, if he would take my car forever and it wouldn't come back and then would I be, you know, driven to having to report it stolen, you know, and I didn't want to have to do that with somebody that I was in my head committed to being with forever. And so I never really knew how to not allow it to happen again. Hmm. if that makes sense I just wanted to back up first of all if it's okay and just say that like that moving in together really quickly makes sense that used to I used to do that too and I think it came from a place of a lot of love bombing in the beginning even if you know just like whether it was a friend or whatever Hmm. there's just a lot of like love bombing and it can absolutely go up in different ways right and plus like you know, it's just like that it, the bond just seems to happen so quickly and it's usually mm-hmm. them pushing that bond. Um, and so I think as far as that's concerned, I hope you're not like hard on yourself about that. Maybe you're not, but also, you know, you were saying how you got in your first argument and then you like, I forgave it right away. To me, that makes sense too, because sometimes we have bad days, you know, sometimes um, we're not in a good mood, you know? And so it's like, okay, maybe since they weren't, they haven't traditionally been like this and now they are being like this, that's just something that's temporary. He, he wouldn't really be honest about it. And so it kind of drove me to being a sleuth and a detective of sorts. And then it was like, oh, so now you're snooping on me. Now you don't trust me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it that turned into an addiction of my own, um, where each time he would go up missing, I would find new ways. Um, like I remember there was a way to search like the Google history because he had linked it into another laptop of mine. And I was like, oh my gosh. And the moment he would leave, I'd run right to it. And, and it was like that up. surge of and, adrenaline, like when you're doing yes. it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And totally it was like, that. Yes. And it was I, like, I had to know, I had to know. Mm-hmm. And one of the, throughout these times, some like multiple times when he would come back, uh, it wouldn't be as easy as forgivable. Um, but oddly enough, it would be like, he wasn't forgiving me. Like he came back to me, but he was holding emotion hostage over me like I was the cause for him to leave in the first Mm -hmm. place and of course it's each time that he would leave the arguments that led up to that got more and more volatile more and more explosive and then eventually you know some became physical and of course as those increased the length of time that he was was gone was increased I just want to I just thought of this too. And I, I want to just say, um, and I'm, I'm so dying to know, like, I'm curious if he was like using drugs or like what was happening, but I just want to say to listeners, um, just kind of even to Michelle's point, like when we start out in a relationship in the beginning, you know, sometimes there is bumps in the road. Sometimes there is bad behavior. Right. And, and, um, I think the difference is, is when things like, what do we call it in this line of work right we call it the cycle of abuse when we like these patterns so it's like that's when like we start noticing that it's a pattern happening over and over and over and over like they love bomb then it's like the devalue then it's like the they freak out then the abuse happens and then they love bomb and they and like to your point like you would get addicted um to kind of you also started to get addicted to the pattern because you guys were both it's, it's just fascinating it's like you guys were both like 
playing this dance together. You know what I mean? But like, it is a cycle. So I just want to point that out to anyone listening. Um, if, you know, when we notice that it's a pattern happening over and over and over again, that somebody is behaving a certain way, that's when we go, this is a cycle. This is not like a linear thing where someone had a bad season or a bad day. This is a cycle and it's repeating. Yeah. And that's like, a, that's a big difference. I was wondering, oh, sorry, just wanted to ask Laura, and just for the listeners, I had asked uh, Tracy in the chat, um, and if I just pop something in the chat, feel free to answer it out loud, um, how long it took before he started showing up in that way, like, and she said the first three months or so when he first left, and then I think uh, to Laura's point, I don't, um, I guess I struggle with the words like addicted to the dance. I don't know what you mean by that. Like, I'm well, what I that. mean is like, it's like, she, like Tracy said that she felt like she had this, like a, almost like an addiction to every time that he left, that was like a reaction. So every time he left, she would get this like surge of adrenaline and like want to go like search the computer or whatever. That's like a response to this pattern. Like that's another way you can be like, Oh, a pattern is now happening because this other person is doing this, going through the cycle of abuse. So he had her on the cycle of abuse. So every time that he, so it's like every time that he would love bomb her, it would be like, okay, thank goodness. Like it's the pattern we all go through. Like, okay, thank goodness. He's back. He's home. We can get back to normal. And then, you know, it would happen again. Like the devalue phase, the like, you know, the discard phase, like where they freak out again, you know, and then it's like the cycle, they bring you on that cycle all over again, over and over and over. I like that you said that because if, you know, that cycle, that makes sense to me. So thank you for clarifying it because it's like, oh, oh, thank God he's home. And so it gets away from the accountability of what he did. And then you're just so happy that he's home that like whatever that aside so that makes a lot of sense and fill in the blank with your home with like oh he apologized for hitting me or he's not going to cheat on me again or he is not going to rage and blow up at me and punch holes in the walls again like now he's like sorry and it's like that love bomb starts again so then when you're on the cycle you're like honey yeah you're like oh my gosh like you're white knuckling because you're like i know that love bomb i know that good time is so good like please can we just get back to this so we can can be normal Right, exactly, exactly. I wasn't sure too about the addiction, or when you said addicted to it, because my mind also went to like how I tend to and really work hard to get out of this pattern, chase validation because of my low self worth. So I didn't know if that's part of it too, um, but that might be projecting. But I'll let Tracy answer um, now that we've been chatting a while about like thoughts on what we're saying. No, the, the cycle was absolutely there. Um, we would actually talk about it when we kind of came back in and not really talking about it like, oh, this is the cycle of abuse or, you know, this is what I've learned. But it was like, it, we would always blame it on him having sad, seasonal, you know, associative disorder. We were like, okay, during the month of April, he's going to get angry and he's going to leave. And then that's going to happen again in June. And then it's going to happen, you know, and it was just like, we could almost time it. Is it all, seasons? <laughs> all seasons. It was, it was ridiculous. What, what was the season that was the, when this was happening? You know? Well, of course the season was my fault. We'll just no, blame that it makes on that. So much, like that. That makes so that much sense it. though, because when we're in it, we, we don't want to lose our partner. Right. And it's, and a lot of us, we aren't, that's why we do this show because we're like, we want people who are listening to, I'm so grateful that you're like on here because we want people to know, like, this is so, this is actually a lot more common than we think. And, and at the time I'm guessing like you never had this thought of like, wow, this is a really toxic relationship. Like I'm sure at the time it was like, yeah, let's figure out a reason why this is happening and then we can all feel better. So this is happening because this X person has seasonal affective disorder. Oh, whew, just that's happening, right? Because then it's like allows us to keep continuing forward with this person. Well, and we I'll- would just blame it on that to make ourselves, I think, feel better yeah, at first. Absolutely. But then as, as things evolved, like that whole term got, got thrown out the window. And it, it was like when he would first leave, 
you know, the arguments were just arguing and him, you know, or, or throwing something or, you know, doing something. And then as they evolved, you mentioned, you know, of course, punching walls, punching holes in the walls, destroying rooms and then leaving. Um, and then that eventually, of course, you know, got to where it would get physical between the two of us. And once it got physical, I responded physically. I was not one that just would sit there and, and allow myself to get hit. I would hit back. I would throw things back. And so those returns started becoming the, you are the reason why I left in the first place. And so I started internalizing that a lot. I started feeling as though I was this volatile human being that was, you know, reactive and and hitting somebody and then it would take talking you know to you know oddly enough you know his family um for them to say no that's not necessarily what's happening here um think about it you know it's it's both of your faults is what family would say it's both of your faults and so then i started calling it mutual combatment like that's fine. Like if he's gonna hit me, I'm gonna hit him. Wow. Abuse. You know what I was thinking too, Tracy, because you were like, I wasn't the kind that just sat there and allowed to hit them back. And I, I, I think about, and I know this isn't how you meant it, but I feel like people who are in abusive relationships protect themselves in different ways. And so yes. sometimes I don't think it's a matter of allowing or not allowing. I think it's what we know and how we react. My personality is a very reactive personality. Um, If I see something wrong, I'm saying that it's wrong. If somebody hits me, I'm swinging in return. It's just kind of, I don't care the size of the person. Well, okay. If it's, if it's a little person, you know, I'm not gonna like my little kiddo swinging at me, anything like that. But grown adults, if somebody is punching or coming at me, I'm instantly in response to that. And so that's why, I called it mutual combatment after that. Cause it was just like, I guess, did it matter that he threw the first hit? Like I was hitting two. So this is not abuse. Oh, that's so interesting and, that you actually, I mean, yeah, that's really interesting that you kind of like it. Cause it sounds to me, if I'm hearing this correctly, just like, it was like, it started out with him leaving him lying about where he was not coming home, getting worse, name calling, continued to escalate. Then he is physically abusing you. And at some point, you're like, I need to defend myself. And then you landed on, we're both abusive. It was the very first time that it got physical. I got physical in return. So then I just, you know, initially took out any type of like, there was, to me, there wasn't any abuse in the relationship. My brain didn't compute that. It was just, no, we are fighting. This is equal combatment because he hits me, I hit him in return. And so it just, it never settled until I was out of the relationship. What was actually really going on? Hmm. Cause I was just so into it every single time. Like you said, with that cycle, we would fight. Uh, it would start, you know, with, with the tension in the home mm-hmm. and it was like, you know, where I wasn't doing things right. And then, you know, I would defend myself over those things and then the name calling would ensue and then the physicality. And then once that physical connection happened, um, later in the relationship, you know, I would hide my kiddo from it. He would take the keys, he would leave and I would just beg him to come back. So um, how, long, how long did this go on for? 12 years. Well, and, and it, you was, know, I mean, I, the, the progression for 12 years. What was the turning point for you to say, like, I need some, I need to do something different? Um, it was something my kids said, and I will never forget it. Hmm. Um, he, he was, the, the ex-husband was berating me over the, I can't even remember about, cause it was always something minuscule. Um, his favorite word for me was whore. So if he found out I was, you know, talking to any guy, I was automatically a whore. So that's the only thing I can think of in my head was he was probably talking to me about me talking to somebody else. And he said, you know what, when you get home, I'm going to be gone. Some other thing. I hung up on him, picked up my kiddo, went home. 
walked in and the entire living room was completely destroyed. And my son and I, um, we do this thing with our family photos. We find one wall in the house and we just collage them all up as much as possible, just fill up the whole wall. And we call it our wall of memories. Mm -hmm. And when we walked in, my son said, mommy, daddy destroyed all our memories. And that wasn't the most poignant statement anybody could have ever made. And I called a national abuse hotline and I cleaned up all the glass and I started cleaning up my life and I was out of that house in a month. Um, and I never turned back (laughs) thanks to Michelle. She was one of the first faces I met. Can we just celebrate you for a second? Because that's (laughs) so like Michelle and I have both been in your shoes as well. And many of our listeners and it's like that aha moment you had is so powerful. And I just want to just celebrate that you got yourself out of that and your son. I celebrate that too. Yeah. (laughs) Every October 19th. (laughs) That's when I signed, that's when I turned the keys to my own apartment every October 19th. Hey, thanks. I mean, thank you for sharing um, because it doesn't get easier with time. um, And it's really painful to have to revisit these memories. Um, so thank you for sharing because I, I know it's gonna help other people listening. And I think too, it's it's it really pisses me off that you, you know, people often have to be the ones to leave because of someone else's choices and they have to scramble and give up everything. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. And it's never uh, black and white, right? So anyone who's it's never black and white. It's like there's so many reasons why and psychologically and chemically and financially and like there's a we could we could have a whole separate podcast isn't all the reasons why yeah I, I really appreciate you sharing that and when you when you left like if you're comfortable sharing like what kind of hoops did you have to jump through like did he make it hard on you or was he just like fuck you get out or like where did you go you know what for the month that we were together in the same house before i moved out he seemed very happy Hmm. um we didn't talk much um i had moved uh my kiddo into my room with me and moved all of his stuff into the kiddo's room and uh did that before he came home and just left a little note on the door that just said you know and i locked the bedroom door it was just do not come in here um the only he had taken my car keys one time in that time and didn't return them back so i wasn't able to go to work um and i remember saying like you're not gonna do this to me anymore i am almost out of here like you don't have this power over me and it was one of the most like amazing things to just like be able to say that um i was lucky enough though that his his own family had, you know, in the past, like I mentioned, you know, witnessed what had happened. And I reached out to uh, them and I had told them, you know, what happened and that I needed to get out. And they were really cool. Um, They gave me my first month's rent. And I called my realty company, explained to them what happened. And they were really cool. And um, I guess by uh, the state law, they were able to pull me from the current lease that I had with him. And they were really cool and put me up in a really tiny little two bedroom Cracker Jack box apartment. And I was working at the time 28 hours a week. My employer was like, you know what? We could use you full time. I was like, oh my gosh, thank you. And like, it was just like all the pieces seemed to fall into place. Um, The universe was just like, this is your time, girl. And oddly enough, it had been the third 
time that I had left. One time was moving into my parents. The second time was getting myself a studio apartment, but that lasted six months. And, but this final time it's been since 2012. So and there's really legitimate reasons why you went back. You know, there usually is like the manipulation of I'll get better. I'm so sorry. Like, please don't, I can't live without you. Or Absolutely. we want to believe that, you know? And, so just wanted to to point that out and i'm really glad that your realty company was cool with you because there is a, a law in the state that we reside in that is an early termination lease law so if you have a record of someone being arrested for domestic violence or an order of protection that is supposed to protect you mm. uh, so i'm guessing that's, that's good to know where could people get more information about that through the I would say through the um, call the National Domestic Violence Hotline because it, I, I'm guessing it's state by state. Okay. That's they a, gave me a lot of information when I called. Um, they pointed me toward local organizations to help, uh, which of course pointed me to Michelle. Um, but that wasn't the only organization they pointed me to. They told me, you know, about legal advice that I could get, um, all sorts of stuff. So. And and it was, you know, my, my ex-husband's family who told me to call that number, you know. Wow. So. so where has your journey taken you? Like, where are you now? Like, I love, love, like, Michelle and I also love giving you the opportunity to share your voice of, like, where, you, like, how have you overcome? Like, what does life look like for Tracy now? Um, honestly, life is it, it's really it was on my terms like for a really long time that was the coolest thing i remember like i mean we had he had drawn out court for a couple years it really did take a couple years for the divorce to get finalized mm -hmm. so that was like a whole process and then it was like once that was done i was like oh my gosh i'm just gonna you know have life and i stayed single and i loved it i did everything you know on my own i and i had like the little online dating app and i would from once in a while get lonely and i would go on there and you know randomly meet people and just start up conversations and uh -huh. i was like nobody seems to be worth having you know a babysitter over <laughs> you know, sort of <laughs> i <thing>. love that <laughs> i was like we'll just chat online and, and if you don't like it fine and oddly enough one of the people who from the very first dating app that I came on who was willing to chat with me online for years and not ever meet up finally met up with me in 2016 and in 2017 we kind of made it official and then later six months uh, into that uh, he moved in and that was fun getting my one and only son used to somebody new in our lives but now it's amazing my partner he's disabled and you wouldn't know it because he's been taking care of me uh you know I, and, and my son he walks to the house and he's like i love you and you know walks on by and it's I just like hearing that. that that makes me so i know happy. i love it too it makes my day like it's just there's so much like, I mean, we, we have our moments, of course, you know, yeah. bigger and badder in a little tiny home, but you know, it's, it's, there's so much love. There's so much positivity. There's so much support there is, and it's from all of us and all around. And I couldn't be happier to have actually walked into a relationship with somebody who was willing to get to know me and take the time online until I was, you know, able to meander out of the house or willing to meander yeah. out Willing of the to house. get a babysitter. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I have a question, Tracy, because I remember going through this path with you and, and you would process with me about this person. And, um, you know, you're, you were very uh, mindful and intentional about how you approached this relationship, which is really beautiful. Uh, and I'm just wondering, like, did you know it was abusive when you left? And the reason I ask this question is because we don't always know, but even if we did, it's still no excuse. But 
the reason I asked the question is because I wanted to hear how your perspective changed because I, I watched you transform over time. Like I literally watched you like come in, like just, ugh, you know, which makes sense. And then be like, nope, nope, nope. Like when you started dating and I was like, this is amazing. Like, it's like you were healing and your self-worth was, you know, coming back around like, okay, I, I deserve more. And I just really loved watching that transformation. Like you we're at that point where you were like, I, I'm not, I'm going to, you know, lean, me and Laura call it leaning back, waiting yeah. to see. I will say actually Michelle invented that word in our very first wayward woman <laughs> merch is going to say lean back because it's the best thing ever. And I credit that to Michelle, but I want to ask too, like, um, just for anyone listening, cause, and, and I, and I ask this because I think sometimes when we're in, you know, think back to when you were still in it, right. And you were still in the hard stuff. It can almost feel like like we can't even imagine like meeting somebody good or feeling good about ourselves to attract a good person, right? And it's like, was there anything that you did in particular to kind of get yourself there? Like read books or have therapy or, you know, like what was like, what was kind of like the magic right. for you? Well, the main, initially the main turning point for me when I realized all of this was abuse was, you know, I didn't even sign up for any services for myself until I signed them up for my son uh -huh. um, because he was having a really difficult time with everything. And the the National Abuse Hotline told me about the organization. The organization told me that they had this wonderful, you know, group for kids. Um, and so I got him set up with that. And I was like, well, if he's going to go into that, you know, I'm, I'm going to go into the big girls group, you know? Right. And being surrounded by other people going through it and talking to the facilitators and listening to you know not only the educational process that they had in each of the meetings but also you know where are you at in in your process you know part of the meetings where you know kind of you know pass the stick and chat um i was able to understand that what i went through was actually abuse and that I was reacting to it. Yeah. Um, never once in my relationship prior to any of the abuse starting, did I ever feel the need to call names and fight and throw punches and throw things. Yeah. And, and I remember there was one time in our relationship where he was making me so mad because he was running around punching things that I ran. And I was like, how does this look? And I like, I punched like a fan and I was like, Oh my God. And I bent over and like picked all, all the pieces. Oh. Like, how does, how does he do this? Because I yeah. walk and I pick up, like I picked up all the pieces, yeah. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, afterward I was picking up all his pieces. I and just so, want to say, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I was just thinking about yeah. how earlier you, you, you made it, you, you commented, you said something that just brought me back to a vision of my own life. Like where, you know, where you said, you were, he had destroyed all the pictures on your wall and you were, you were there pick, literally picking up the pieces and like picking up the glass. I can't tell you how many times I've done that as well. Like the furniture got flipped over and you're punched and the walls are punched and their stuff smashed and you're the one literally cleaning it, up, it up and just being, and it's like this feeling of just such defeat. And I, uh, I understand that feeling and I'm so thankful and happy that you're in a good place now. And I'm just like, so curious of like, when you recognize it, what I'm hearing is like, when you really started to learn what was happening to you, was that like that education piece was like that the piece that made you go like, oh, this actually isn't me. I'm not an abusive person. Like, and was that what gave you the strength? I'm just wondering, like, what gave you the strength and the spark to like move on and and like heal i want to say it was a culmination of a lot of things um but the biggest thing that i did and it was one of the things that i would always tell the other girls in group to do because it was one of the most empowering things that i ever did i did all the things that i wanted to do alone if my friend wasn't available, who cares? I just did it alone. Oh, I, I would go to the movies. I ate at a restaurant. 
Um, I, you know, I went shopping. I would just do things alone. And the more alone time I had with myself in conjunction with learning about other people and learning like like you like the educational portion allowed me to to just self-reflect and then just realizing as I'm doing these things alone I don't have the time to be lonely because I'm actually doing something and I'm focusing on me and being single for as long as I was like I know some people will just be like oh my gosh really she you know you should get a boyfriend (laughs) you know it was just like yeah I'm good I'm good like I just I can't even like you were like experiencing that freedom you were like I'm feeling so much freedom right now it was great and I and and because of you know too like I was still in that mindset that like any type of relationship meant control any type of relationship meant that like you know I was going to be incredibly unhappy in the coming months like it was just you know I just felt that that was what a relationship meant and so I would date I would get to know people but nothing ever you know, came of anything. Thank you. Speaking of thoughtful partners, somebody yes. just brought me a Pepsi. I saw. That's so <laughs> In complete silence. Like it was beautiful. I, <laughs> I want to say like, and then I'll, I feel like Michelle, you might have something to say. But I just want to say something really quick that like, I love I love your story because it's like, I love all of the stories of people we have on here because it's such a beautiful reminder that like for anyone listening, like when you're in the thick of it, that is not the end of your story. I feel like I am a broken record and I say that in every podcast that we have, but it's like, it's so true. Like that shitty relationship is not the end of your story. It is the beginning of you like choosing and creating a new path and you freaking did that. And I'm so proud of you, happy for you, in awe of you, want to celebrate you, want to hug you, all the things. And like you are living proof to anyone listening that it is like anything's possible. It's possible. We're never stuck. And that's like beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Honestly, I attribute a lot of my success to my son's positivity throughout all of this. Like he always, always, always had a good outlook on everything. And, and, you know, he went through, you know, his, his moments, you know, and it was usually at home or whatever, but being around him and knowing that like, as he's going through this with a smile on his face, like mama can do a smile too. And so, and and whenever he was gone, going and and doing alone time things, man, it just, it it created a relationship with myself that nobody will ever break. And I think that is what also attributes to a lot of the success to the current relationship that I have is that I'm not going to lose myself this time. And he's not going to lose himself to me. We're just going to be us and going to be us together and it's it's really great and it's not the end of the story it's just a piece of your chapter turn the page oh my god I love that (laughs) inevitably in every episode somebody says something so profound it blows my mind and something I'm like something in what you just said is going to be the title of your episode (laughs) when I think we started writing them down too because that was beautiful That was so like, like Laura shared, she's so much like more eloquent than I am. No, <laughs> like, I you. no, I just talk <laughs> too much. <laughs> no, no, not that at all. I, I really um, agree with Lara in that you know what you did is really incredible, and I feel so honored that I get to just be a small piece of that journey to watch the growth in you. And, you know, teaching me and learning a lot from you as well as like sharing your wisdom and your strengths was like, I just love you. I remember we were just like, we need to be friends. Like, <laughs> we do need to be friends. And we're friends. And it yeah. <laughs> it's like, it, it, I don't know. It's just, you. Um, I just, I just saw how hard you worked and, and I just watched you go through that and just always 
putting your son first, like that sticks out for me a lot. Cause it was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, am I doing the right thing? I'm trying to handle this in the best way. Like, uh, uh, you know, just so much, you know, that I get from moms around doubting themselves. And it's like, man, you're showing up and you're consistent, you know, and that's what matters. Um, and I, and I am curious too. So I guess, so the, your abusive partner is your son's father or no? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I thought so. And so he's just like not in the picture anymore. Or he's out. Uh, he's that wonderful in and out. Um, the kiddos starting to realize how shitty that really is. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I put it in his hands and I told the kiddo, if, in your son's hands? Yeah, in my son's hands. And I told him, if you want me to tell him to never contact you again, I will. Mm-hmm. I have that. Like, luckily, throughout the two years that all this was drugged through court, the truth was finally brought out at the end, and I have full parental rights. So, you know, I can, and currently his are suspended. So I do have thankfully the right to say nobody you're not gonna you know contact him he doesn't want to contact you um but he hasn't told me that yet he's still trying to mold the relationship um it truly breaks my heart that he is trying to mold the relationship with his dad instead of the other way around um but i don't feel as if it's so my place to intervene anymore since he's going to be 16 um it's just going to be me to support at this time so you know I watched my own boys walk through that both of my kids walk through that and I in my opinion I I like what you just said because I I was faced with a similar I think many of us are faced with that similar thing of like well and you it's hard to watch but your kids will figure out yeah and and I'm so glad that you have a new partner who like your your child now has a different model. Yes. Yes. And even and before, is... sorry to say, I just want to say before, just like even to any other listener, even before you had your other partner, your new partner, he got a different model from you by doing, because you were taking actions that you value for yourself and changing yourself. So even before, it's not just because of your new partner. Like, oh, absolutely. your son has yeah. a role model in you. So. <laughs> no, I didn't think it took away from me at all. But uh, yeah, when um, um, the tumultuous of, you know, getting to know the melded new relationship kind of uh, went through, it was really cute. Because um, I had walked by his room while he was talking with his friends on Xbox. And I overheard him say, my stepdad. And it was just like, my heart melted in so many Aww. ways. And I was like, he won't admit it to us. But he, he finally did. I think it was like a year after that. But it was I just like, that. oh, he admits it to his friends and that's good enough for me. I love that. <laughs> I love that. It's, you are just so incredible and so strong. And Thank just you. Lovely, lovely human. And I I wanted to mention, you know, again, thank you for sharing your story. And um, I know that you and Lara could probably talk more about things that you've had to navigate as moms because I've heard Lara's story and yours. Um, I also wanted to mention that right now, Tracy is going through chemotherapy. Um, and I really want to support her. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And I, and I also, before you tell us, um, not only has she overcome abuse, she's getting ready to do her last treatment. Um, like, I'm so <laughs> glad that you had the healing that you had to be able to hold space for this disease that is fucking terrible. Um, and I know insurance can be real crappy. Um, so she does have a GoFundMe. Um, so yeah, if you could just, if you're comfortable sharing just a little bit about what you're going through and then your, um, GoFundMe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in, um, October I did that whole, like, you know, go and get your mammogram because you're 40 kind of thing. And they're like, Hey, come back for more testing. And I was like, you're kidding. Right. Um, in December I was diagnosed, uh, with inductal, uh, 
carcinoma, uh, or sorry, ductal carcinoma um, in my right breast. And at the time it was really small. And so, you know, they were like, well, you know, it's, it's, it's the best kind of, you know, cancer to have, what are you going to do? And I opted for the double mastectomy. Um, after that, the pathology showed that it was a little bit more aggressive, um, than what we had hoped and that it had actually spread. Um, so we decided to do chemotherapy just to make sure that everything is gone, gone, gone. Um, not only do I have this chemotherapy that I'm going through with my last treatment coming in mid-June, but then I have two more surgeries coming up because they did find, um, one, I have the reconstruction for, for the uh, mastectomy, and two, uh, part of the cause of my cancer is extreme estrogen production. And so I'm getting medically induced menopause and they have to redo, they have to take my ovaries out. Um, so I have two more surgeries coming up after this chemo is done. Um, my insurance is not the greatest. Um, I'm finding out what it means with the whole deductible and out of pocket max. And I'm, um, overwhelmed. Um, and the hard part is too, is, is that normally when people go through chemotherapy, they're able to take some time off work. Um, I'm the sole provider for my little family. Um, my partner is disabled. Um, and then of course there's my son. Um, so not being able to take time off work is a really scary thing. I'm afraid to waste my PTO because I have two more surgeries coming up. And so it's just been like one stressor after another. So the GoFundMe that we set up is to take one stressor off yeah. and that would be to help with the medical and maybe allow me to take yeah. some time off with each treatment. Um, I get a, a little bit, not a little bit. I get a lot more fatigued. Than where I are was you working with. now? What was that? Where are you, where are you working now? Um, I'm working for a company called Beata Home Healthcare and we do um, staffing for uh, people who need home health home health aides at home. I can't even wrap my mind around right now that you are going through treatment for cancer and you are the sole provider of your family. So you haven't had, you're still showing up to work five days, like 40 hours a week. Like I trying to, <laughs> wow. Yes, please. Can you share the GoFundMe and I will make sure I put it on our um, social media as well as Absolutely. our, I'll try to... our um, the episode itself. And being the sole provider of that. Yeah. Oh. Ay, ay, ay. There's so much more better things I could have chosen than ay, 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 but <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> I try to keep like a good faith. I, I just keep thinking to myself like, well, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? Like, oh, I, I should be able to make payment arrangements or, or, you know, and I just keep thinking in my head, like, this is all going to just be okay. It's just money right now. Right. Like they're, they're not going to refuse my treatments. Yeah. And that's, that's the only thing that, that is keeping me positive that I just, that there's, I, they're not going to refuse payment arrangements and hopefully they won't refuse, you know, any treatments or any upcoming surgeries that I have. They'll, they'll just keep moving forward because it's imperative. So we'll have a rally on our hands if that happened, but <laughs> uh, yeah. And the fact that you can remain positive is, is really beautiful. Yeah. That's yeah. important. Please, please share when you can. You can even, if, if you don't have it at the moment, you can text it to Michelle and we can put it up on the, the um, anchor for the episode, but would love to publicly share your GoFundMe and. Yeah, absolutely. I see this light in you and you're glowing and you're happy and you're positive and you're radiating. Just you're like, thank you. And so you're just kind of one of those people that's like living proof that like hard shit happens, but we're in this full spectrum of life and in that full spectrum of life like you seem to be accepting just where you're at and so I just wanted to celebrate that and absolutely thank and you I, I'm curious before we wrap up with everything I, I mean a lot of times I like tend to think that like when we've gone through tons of trauma like 
whether it's in our childhood or, you know, toxic relationships or cancer or, you know, illness of any sort, you know, whatever, like whatever it might be. Um, I think like those of us that have suffered, we like end up becoming empathic and kind, you know, because it's like, there's no other choice, you know, or I guess you do have a choice. You could become like bitter or you could become better and be like, okay, like, which one do I want? You know? And so if there was anything from everything you've gone through, everything you've been through, where you're at, like if you could give just some kind of closing thought or ray of hope or anything to someone who's listening, what would that be? That was a big question. Sorry. I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, not a problem. I don't know we were going to ask that. You're going to totally throw her off. (laughs) Um, Don't give up. You have a lot of life ahead, even if you don't think you do. Um, And I I think, I can't remember who quoted it or something, but it's just you know, life or reality is really 99% perspective and everything that you're seeing and that you're dealing with around you, how you perceive it and how you bring it in and how you deal with it is what's going to manifest around you. And if you're not taking that moment to yourself to learn or to breathe. And if that moment to yourself isn't allowed to you, then that's a red flag. So always have those moments for you. Always be connected to you. Don't ever lose you. And if you're in a relationship where you're starting to lose you, check it and make sure that you don't lose you. Cause I lost me for a little bit. And once I got back to me, man, I'm happy. So, um, I love Don't that. lose you. I love that. That's Thank you so the much. Most I, beautiful. I did get your link, but we'll post it on social media. But it's uh, name is spelled T R A C I S Breast Cancer Fight and Medical Journey. Um, so you should be able to find it on uh, Tracy's Breast Cancer Fight and Medical Journey on GoFundMe. Um, but if not, again, we're going to make sure that we post it. If you could support Tracy and her journey, we'd really, really appreciate any and all support that you can provide her. Yes, um, thank you. Yeah. And is there anything else that you want to say before we wrap up? Or I want to say I'm really, really honored that you guys asked me to do this. And I really enjoyed being here. And you guys are both amazing women, too. Uh, I can tell just by the, the small amount of time that I've you know, been chatting with you, Laura, that you are top notch. And I can tell Michelle, because I know Michelle, and I love her dearly. Um, so she's changed my life around. So... Um, thank you guys both very, very much for inviting me. Cry like happy. (laughs) I'm sorry. Cry like every episode. (laughs) (laughs) This is just so moving. So thank you for sharing that, and thank you for um, your kind words, and thank you for just being open and being here, and you're you're doing it your your proof that it's possible you are too thank you and if you feel like triggered at all later or something call me let me know we can i love you (laughs) (laughs) actually that's i'm really glad you said that that's really true because it is i i you know for me tracy i i'm similar like i can i live my life and i don't think about this stuff anymore but if somebody asks me the details and i start talking i will cry because it's it is painful. And as Michelle said, it doesn't always, it does, time doesn't, it's one of those things that changes you in a way that, you know, you can change your life and make it better, but like time doesn't actually erase that. Um, oh, yeah. And so thanks for being vulnerable with us. And um, Michelle, do you want to close and share the? Yeah, as usual, again, thank you so much for being here, Tracy. You're such a light. Uh, I'll go ahead and share the National Domestic Violence Hotline for those of you who may need support or maybe you had some triggers coming up while you were listening to this uh, episode. 
And the number for the National Domestic Violence Hotline is 1-800-799-7233. Again, 1-800-799-7233. Or you can text START in capital letters to 888-788. Don't forget to email us if you have any questions or suggestions. We love hearing from you. We love hearing what your thoughts are. Um, and that is waywardwomenpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and you can also, if you, it helps us to get the word out. If people, if you feel called to share this podcast, somebody you think it could help. Um, and we also have um, an Instagram and a TikTok. You can always DM us if you have questions, if you don't reach us on email. And yeah, we really appreciate you listening. Thank you, everyone. And oh, Safe. and you're not crazy and you're not alone. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.